What's up, all you horror lovers? Welcome back to another episode of Horror Therapy. I'm your host, Josh. And today is a very special episode, returning after a pretty long hiatus. You know the holidays, how that works. But we're back, and we are ready to jump in and discuss all things horror. Uh, I got a very special guest with us today. Uh, Ray, what's up? And welcome to the podcast. What's up? I'm so excited. I've been wanting to do this for a while, and you know this. I'm like, when are you going to put me on your damn show? Right. And here we are, finally, after so long, we're making it happen. But yeah, I'm excited to to, to be a part of this. Yeah, I, I, I am so excited. I think it's going to be an awesome opportunity. Um, we have some pretty good topics coming up today. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's been a while, but hey, you know what? Us gays, you know how we do things, so. <laughs> we're I'm back. like, wait, who's gay? You're gay? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gay if you say no homo. <laughs> okay, there we go. No homo, no homo, no homo. Um, but today we're going to jump in. We're going to talk um, some pretty interesting topics. But before we start, it's always good to ask what brought you into horror. Ooh, horror. Well, you know what? Actually, growing up, I have uh, much older siblings. Um, they're all like, I want to say my oldest is about like 20 years older than okay. me. So mm-hmm. with that being said, um, you know, I grew up um, watching what they were watching on TV and, you know, they're big horror fanatics. Um, so I grew up watching um, the classics, you know, Night of the, Return of the Living Dead, um, you know, uh, Halloween, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, things of that nature, uh, Hellraiser, all those things. Mm-hmm. So honestly, at first I was kind of forced to watch it because, you know, they were in control of the TV. I was scared, of course. But then, you know, as time passed, as I grew older, I just kind of found a, a love for it, you know? And that's kind of where my um, my appreciation for, for horror films really came from. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I feel like that's a common trend. Um, you see a lot of people who either were, you know, exposed to it at first or like at first they were like, this shit is scary. Why the fuck would anyone yeah. want to watch this? And then they get older and they're like, okay, I understand. Like this yeah. makes sense. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, mean, I, totally I used feel that. I, I definitely used to be death, like deathly afraid of, um, of Chucky. And I think all kids Not were the Chucky man. Yeah. But then as soon as I realized, I was like, this is a doll. Like, what am I going to be scared of a doll for? Like, we can just kick them. We can just knock them up. You know what I mean? You're like, um, kick his ass over. Get out of here. <laughs> and once I got over that, that fear, I think that's kind of when I started to lean more into horror and, and really appreciate it. Like I said, so, so yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. I think, I think uh, there's a lot to appreciate in horror. It's constantly changing. It's changed a lot from the original, um, you know, early 70s, 80s, 90s, like that. So, um, but yeah, I I totally see that. With that being said, what is your favorite scary movie? Ooh, my all-time favorite, hands down, favorite franchise as well, um, is uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Really? Nightmare on Elm Street, huh? Yeah. The gory... Claw-handed motherfucker. Yeah, something about it. Something about you know going to sleep thinking that you know you're free from the problems of the world. You you're getting your rest in, and then there's there's this fucking guy 
uh, with claws chasing you. And then if he kills you in your dreams, you're going to be dead in real life. Like what type of flip floppy ass shit is that? You know what I mean? And I, and I love it. Cause it's so, <laughs> it's so crazy. Like you go to sleep to, to find some peace and then you're in your sleep finding these demons, a literal demon. Literal so demons. I think, I think it's so ironic. It's, it's iconic in itself. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I love it. Yeah, I mean, Wes Craven really knew what the fuck he was doing when he had his no, crazy-ass mindset. Hmm, yeah, he, let's he, make he a killer that you can't escape. <laughs> he definitely, like, he, you can't escape him in your sleep. You can't escape him in real life. Like, it's crazy. Um, and I think me, this is, this movie doesn't contribute to my um, my problems of, of being able to fall asleep. Not at all. But, you know, it's just so crazy seeing these kids, um cracking themselves out with coffee, with caffeine, you know, trying to stay awake when all I want to do is go to sleep. Like, I just like, damn, I wish I could just easily fall asleep. You know what I mean? Um, But yeah, I definitely love it. I enjoy it. I think um, with it is just kind of brought something different to the horror game. You know, we have the, the, the ghosts, we have the goblins, we have the, the, um, the obvious killer with the, with the knife, you know what I mean? And I think with this, it just brought something different. Um, This is a, a burned, a burned man with a freaking um, fedora hat with a Christmas sweater and, right. you know, right. The <laughs> choice, claws, right? and it's like so menacing. Like you would think that this, some, this isn't something to, to, to really be afraid of, but you put it all together and you piece it all together. And it's, it's this, this horrifying being, you know, yeah. of course. Yeah. I, I, I think it's funny that you mentioned the, the fedora and the Christmas. Like, it's like, really, that was the choice. That was, that was the outfit <laughs> choice. But I mean, it does something for people. Right. But yeah, yeah I love it. I think it's a, it's a great gory film. Um, I think it has the perfect mix between, you know, psychotic killer and, you know, um, the, the mix between, like I said, psychotic killer, um, the good p- proper storyline and plot, um and ultimately the appropriate sequels that made the franchise so i really think that this franchise did it well it the kills in this franchise are crazy yeah definitely i think they're i think they're some of the most creative ones i mean throughout throughout the films i mean even just the first one um the iconic scene where oh my god i forgot her name but um you know when she's in the bed and she's getting sliced up diced up and she's thrown all over the the ceiling all over the wall you know that's not something that you, you Tina, really right? saw and Tina? yeah 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 and um you know just just seeing her <laughs> and her, her boyfriend's being dragged like, and her boyfriend's like like what's going on <laughs> <laughs> he's like Nah, this ain't nah. It's like, this yeah, like this, this can't be happening. This and, ain't real right now. <laughs> and even the the um the craftsmanship that went into that, you know what I mean? Seeing the behind yeah. of scene of how they were able to pull that off and what they needed to do in order to get that scene and and to to make it look like what it looked like, yeah. um, I think is so impressive. Um, you know, and it's crazy to think that the budget in itself, like when you look at it from a standpoint. It looks like a cheapy movie, like, a, you know, those movies that you find in the grocery store, you just pick up. It does. It really but does. It, it ends up being such an iconic film. Like, I I look back at it and, you know, of course, you see like, oh, damn, I can see where this is a little choppy. You can see where this is, you know, a mess. But it just makes it all much better, you know? Um, and me personally, like, I love Nancy. Like, Nancy is, is a I badass bitch. Like, she... 
are making her the the heroine of the of the film of of um you know the franchise too um i think it was a, a great thing to do and um you know we even have johnny depp in the film in the first yeah. film mm-hmm. i think that was one of his first films if i'm not mistaken uh that scene in itself was iconic too you know getting freaking slashed and there's a uh a splatter of, of blood to the ceiling that made that scene in itself made me deathly afraid of waterbeds wow really the waterbeds like yeah i was like i never want a waterbed ever in my life like i was as a kid i was like if i grow up i'm never getting a waterbed ever you know what i mean <laughs> um but it's just it's just it was just it was just so good i, I can't yeah, i agree you know what i mean and i think throughout the films we kind of lost touch of of the origin story. It kind of just became a, a frenzy of of Freddy just going into people's dreams and just killing everybody. There wasn't a, a consecutive like storyline, which yeah. I'm not necessarily mad about. Um, but I think that you know it could have like played into it. You know, we have the second film where um, the kid he finds Nancy's um, diary and he's reading it and he's yep. kind of reliving the, reliving these things. And also, just to mention, uh. uh that the second film in itself had um, certain things that were kind of taboo back in those times. You know, there was like um, homoerotic scenes. There was like the scene where the the gym coach he was in the shower, or you know, he was all littered out. It was it was insane. You know, yeah. Um, and then my favorite film also of the franchise has to be the uh, third one, which is the um, Dream Warriors. Yeah, and honestly. I think that in itself, you can see when Wes Craven came back to write the story because it just seemed all cohesive. You know, it just seemed yep. like it was part of the story. Um, and that in itself, too, had some some of the best, best, most memorable kills, I think, in, in the franchise in itself. You know, it's it's uh, it's set up in a um, what is it? Um, mental mental hospital. mental mental facility you know, where you have these, these kids that are uh, deemed to be crazy or uh, psychotic because they're um, recollecting their dreams and saying that there's someone trying to kill them, you know, and all they get, all that um, they do is just try to put them to sleep when they're not trying to sleep, you know, it's, it's so insane. And some of the kills like off the top of my head, the ones that I can remember is when um, she's in the, uh, in the waiting room or, you know, in the, um, the lounge, sorry. And she's just watching TV, just chilling. And then Freddie comes out and just grabs her ass and just, you know, pulls her through her screen. And she's just hanging there like, <laughs> come on, are you fucking serious right now? Um, I loved it. I honestly loved it. Um, do you have any favorite kills of the movie? Yeah, I love the iconic kill. And I'm glad that you brought it up from the first one um, where he literally tears her ass up through the bed. And it's like... The way that it's done is, I think for me, like, the first time I saw that, I was like, oh, Mm. shit. Like, because, you know, you see scary movies and things like that, and, like, (laughs) Nightmare on Elm Street, that that one was actually one of the first movies, um, like, one of the first three that I saw next to Exorcist. Um, And at that, I saw that gore, and I was just like, whoa, like, this is something next level. Like, it... It's so iconic. It's so well designed. Like the way, if you think about movies during that time, and you t- you think about what it took to make that scene, um, and how that kill went about, and like Tina's body just getting 
like tossed up and down yeah. hitting the ceiling like left and right like and the blood splattered everywhere i think it's so crazy um i think i saw something recently um that i was looking at and it was talking about how they actually conducted that scene and Ooh. apparently they built like this huge box that yeah. could move around uh-huh. Um, so that they were able to get the angles of all of that scene that looked like, you know, she's flipping everywhere. Right. And for that to come out in that time of that movie is that just that set that set the tone of like, I don't think you guys can top that. Like you guys yeah. really just took it there. I agree. And I think within every single film thereafter, um, they just wanted to level up the kills, like be more creative with it and just come up with all these, these, these different methods of how this guy is going to kill you in your dreams. Because at the end of the day, you know, in your dreams, like it's, it's fantasy, right? Like it's, it's something that's not realistic, you know? So of course these kills are going to be unrealistic as fuck as well. Um, You know, just like in, in dream warriors, which is like I mentioned, one of my favorites, the, the scene that um, also struck fear in me was uh, when one of the, um, one of the patients, one of the guys, he was a puppeteer. He would do it, you know, um, on his to to keep him calm, to keep him sane. He would create puppets, and Freddy's ass comes out being a puppet. And then you know um, he's sleeping, so he wakes him out of his sleep and just turns him into a puppet. He just like takes out all his veins and just starts puppeteering. I'm just like, this is fucking insane. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. the the genius of it all and just the thought process that went into it. Like, you know, I, I love it. It's, 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 it's so good. Um, and kind of just circling back into the movement itself, you know, given the fact that it's, it's based out in a, in a mental um, psychiatric ward, um, you know, it's these kids that are going to this place to, to, to seek help, to seek in a way, you know, they're sent there to, to, um, to make feel better and things like that. But throughout the movie, they're just like shunned out. They're like, you're crazy. You guys don't know what the hell you guys are talking about. You guys are psychotic, you know? Um, And I think that really says something about um, during that time, how, how mental health was, was viewed, you know, and how it was kind of looked at and how it was taken care of. And, you know, we can see the, the differences from then to now of, of how it's seen. And I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that. In the films, even though it's like fantasy, even though it's like super out there, that there's some type <laughs> of like message out there. You know what I mean? It's 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 um it develops and and you kind of see the the message behind it as well. And I kind of love that about the film is the films um you know as as they progress as well. Yeah, I think there's a lot of subliminal messages mm-hmm. um, that come in these movies, especially in horror films. Um, right. I think people learn, um, a lot about like what to do, what not to do. And also like these underlying things, right. There's, there's a plot and there's problematic information that happens within Mm. these scenes. Um, and like you touched on, you, you mentioned about the whole third movie and I, about it being upset in a mental facility. Right. And I think that being about when this movie was released, um, mental health, like mental health was not something that was given attention. It wasn't focused on, there wasn't any kind of resources, even, you know, compared to today. Um, 
if anybody showed any kind of sign of mental illness or depression, because I think, I think from what I remember, this movie was basically like, there was like a huge problem with like, I think one of the, I think the main girl was like trying to kill herself, like slit her wrist mm-hmm. or something. Right. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> like people committing suicide and things like that, they were like immediately hospitalized. And like you said, they were like doped up on medicine. There wasn't, it's like you didn't see them doing therapy, right? Like yeah. they were in a hospital, they were given medication. It's like you either get better or you don't. And it's unfortunate that that was kind of the norm back in the day, but yeah. Like how like Freddie basically, and I think it was a good connection in the way that they did this is that Freddie thrives, right? And gets his strength within these dreams of people who have nightmares, right? Yeah. And if someone's like going through a psychotic break and you're, you know, drugged up and they put you to sleep, it's like you're, they're setting you into that environment. And then if someone's telling you like, dude, there's a killer that's trying to kill me in my dreams. The doctor's going to be like, uh, okay. Yeah, sure. Whatever you say, give some more medication, you know? So it's like, your fears are not being able to be escaped. So it's like, Oh, the way that that was done was, was genius for sure. And I think, like Wes Craven did a great job in um setting the tone of that really throughout the movie like who I don't think like when I saw the first one like I don't think I would have thought of like making that type of dynamic in the movie like creating um a situation like surrounded in a mental hospital where there's people who are sick and they're being drugged and then you know they're facing their nightmares but they can't face can't escape their nightmares because no one believes them and things like that and it isn't until you know nancy comes on board and is is kind of like there to kind of make people feel like no yeah like i i i know what you're talking about things like that so it's it's a really complex movie um right it's really gory the the kills are great but i think it's just like there's like you mentioned there's a bigger meaning behind all of that um yeah in correlation and it's like they really <clears throat> they really weren't safe alone like they had to team up they had to have this like group of support to really understand that they're like not alone in this right because you feel crazy and it's like no one believes me no one understands but it's like all it took was for Nancy to be like no I understand like I get it like you know we're going through the same thing I've experienced that blah 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 and she's like she's ready to take this shit on. Like, she's like, I'm going to tackle this thing, right? She's ready to go, and she's like, I'm not going to let this motherfucker win again, so. Yeah. It's, I, it's amazing. Yeah, and I love the fact that you touched on the fact that um, they, one, they bring Nancy back to the film, which I love. I'm like, she she should have been in the second film some way, some shape or form, mm-hmm. and then she's brought back the, the third one to to essentially be aid to these kids, you know, because she went through it, you know, she she mm-hmm. she experienced it firsthand, and it's just very telling, like, all you need is that one person to believe you, yeah. or that one person to, you know, make you feel like you're not going crazy, you know, despite the fact that them that they themselves, obviously, they built that community within themselves, all these kids that were sent to to the ward by their parents, or, you know, by the state, or whatever the case may be. Um, yep. And then finally, this person comes up and, you know, tells them, like, and reassures them, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like, 
with that, it kind of just made them stronger. You know, of course, we lost a few of them along the way, but, you know, um, I right. think it just it just created them. Um, it just allowed for them to be that force. Right. Um, and I know that you mentioned um, like the therapy and how, you know, those things were done. And if it was done, it wasn't to to hear you out. It was to, you know, try to sway you or try to, you know, make you um kind of gaslight you and like this is all in your head this is exactly. something that's that's nothing mental happening was, yeah. mental health was literally thought of as a mental disease like you are yeah. ill your brain is not functioning properly you are ill there's things in your head like you're making this shit up right and it's a lot of things that people didn't understand of like you think of schizophrenic people in that time they thought that they were literally going crazy so they literally right. kill them right like yeah, literally yeah. put them in a straitjacket and kill them and it's like that's not the way like i can't imagine like from my own experience of like having anxiety and depression and like being sent to a place where it's like you need to figure it out or we're just going to give you medicines like you literally become numb you're not you don't have any feelings you don't have any emotions like you have nothing so it's like yeah what what is this doing for me and like now that like mental health has changed so much i'm like i could never imagine like that like i would be so alone like you would literally just like you would feel crazy because you kind of like not only are you going through your own issues and you're numb but you're seeing what other people are going through and i don't know but like you start to feed off of their energy and then you're just like ultimately no one's getting any help so what is that ultimately doing no yeah for sure i'm like honestly if i was if i was in the film or 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 whatnot i was experiencing this thing i'll be like you know what freddie do what you got to do. Just take me out, bro. Because at this yeah. point, no yeah. one's believing me. Like, you know, you're winning here. You're the one that's winning here. Um, yeah. But no, like, even in itself, like, you know, um, this is a demon that they're fighting. And, you know, we all have our demons that we fight. And, you know, um, whether it's depression, anxiety, you know, bipolar or uh, being schizophrenic, I think all these things, um, obviously, we have come a long way from then to yeah. now where, you know, we kind of see it in a different light and we're actively trying to find ways to cope. We're actively trying to find ways to not necessarily to cure because, you know, unfortunately, these some of these things aren't are incurable, um, yeah. you know, but to live with it and to, you know, um, show that we all go through this, you know, one way or another, um, you know, and I, I kind of love that that's where we're heading and that's where we have headed um these past few years um you know what i mean and i think even myself dealing with my own mental health issues these past couple of years have been really rough and i think it's been rough for everyone given the pandemic you know given the 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 climate the political climate that we're in given all these circumstances and you know situations that that have occurred um, since the pandemic, um, it's really telling of of where we're going as a society. And, um, you know, years ago, I would never say, like, oh, yeah, I'm dealing with depression or, oh, I'm dealing with anxiety. Never. Well, I would have never said that. I would have never even thought about, about it. You're crazy. Yeah. If you're with that. No, 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 no. Like, That's like five years ago. You were crazy. Yeah. And I remember when I first started um, seeing a therapist, you know, I didn't tell anyone. I I was like, I don't want people to think that I'm crazy. You know, I don't want them to to think that, you know, I'm seeing a therapist because, you know, I'm off my bonkers or something, you know? And I think that um, it was just so shunned upon. And I think that um, now I'm like, oh, do you have a therapist? You know, like just openly, friendly, like, yeah. you know, and I love because how we all talk something. about it. Mm-hmm. It's really like, 
like you mentioned, like off, like you didn't want to be portrayed as like being bonkers and all that stuff. And it's like, the, it's so unfortunate. But like the way I blame it so much on the media and like the marketing and because it sells, right? Think ultimately, people want things that are gonna sell, things that are gonna make money, and like if you're making fun of people that are crazy or this and that, like back in the day, it's like, yeah, that's going to sell. That's going to make money. Right. People think it's funny. Right. So ultimately I blame it on a lot of like the media and the marketing and like just the way that things were portrayed. Like if you saw somebody who was like depressed, anxious, who was BPD or schizophrenic or whatever the case may be, like mental health was thought of as crazy. So it's like, yeah, it was so portrayed in that way that like, it's so hard coming forward to want to be able to break that stigma because it's Mm -hmm. like people are like oh yeah i've i've seen that like you're talking about like that you know like so and so has in the movie or this and that and you're like no it's not like that like it's not you right and you know and i think it's really amazing when you see like that people who like genuinely understand or like have genuinely experienced certain things because you're like okay yeah, yeah they actually get it they have been yeah. walk my walk. They've been in these shoes. They know what it's like. Um, and I think that's just why, like, today, that I, you know, that there's so much more of an emphasis on mental health because there's a need for that change and the need for the focus, right? And everyone copes with mental health issues differently. And everyone, you know, um, struggles with different things and different co-occurring disorders. So it's really important that, pe- you know, people recognize that, you know, every mental health, you know, treatment plan for someone may look different from another person, right? Yeah, and for sure. And back in the day, it was like, like in the movie, it was, they treated everyone the same. They're going to drug you up, you're going to know everyone, just go to this hospital, right? Like, it's like, that's not the case. Some people, don't get me wrong, there's going to be people that need to be hospitalized, right? Yeah. There's going to be people who are manic, who are struggling, and, you know, like, are, you know, are contemplating suicide or attempted suicide, things like that, but, like, there are those extremes, but not everybody's that extreme, right? Yeah. Some people yeah, are struggling in, in different ways. Some people are struggling to get out of bed. Some people are anxious about going to work. Some people can't drive. Some people can't, I don't know, be out in public, right? There's just certain things that people are struggling with that mm-hmm. don't need to be exacerbated to that extreme, right. right? And the media is always like, let's make it extreme, let's make it extreme, let's make it extreme, because this is going to sell, this is going to profit us, but it's like, it's causing more harm than good, you know? So I'm glad we're making progress in the right way, because you think about it, there's so much mental health depiction in the horror realm, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Freddy versus Jason, I mean, yeah, Freddy versus Jason, like, you have this whole dynamic of Freddie killing people in his dream, right? Mm-hmm. But then you have like Jason's dynamic where his mom was like a serial killer or a yeah. cheese killer, and then he kind of took that over. But it's like he's learned that behavior. He lost yeah. his mom. Like there's like mental health problems, but it's like, oh no, he's just a killer. Oh, he's just that. But it's like you don't realize that there's these external additional factors that are there. Right. Like there's so much more than that. Like, yeah. So, yeah, I think across the board, it's really, really, really um, interesting to see the the change in the dynamic. And I know we've stirred really, really right with talking about mental health now, but no, it's, yeah. it's important, right? It's so interesting yeah. to see what what the horror um, 
you know, genre does and how it really is depicted and built on mental health. It really mental is. Mental health, yeah, it is. And I think that's a great point. Honestly, I think that's an amazing point because it's it's intertwined, you know? It's intertwined, the, the psychology of it all, why someone kills, why someone does this, why someone does that. You know, yeah. it's it's all based off of that one thing. It's all, of, you know, it's an, it starts in our, in our brain. Um, you know, the chemical imbalances, the trauma, the things that we see, the things that we, you know, go through. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's very much so depicted in, 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 in horror. And maybe that's where the taboo came from. You know, anyone who was crazy or depressed is going to go off and kill someone or kill themselves or, you know, yep. all these things when it's, it's not the case. It's just like, well, maybe did you ask this person how they're doing? Maybe exactly. did you try to, you know, exactly. figure out a way to cope with them? Maybe we wouldn't have these these um these situations happen if, you know, it was that that course of action that was taken beforehand. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think for me myself as well is that um, you know, at first you you try not to um think about it too much. You try not to, you know, feed into, to these things, but it's hard, you know, you, you, you're, you're surrounded by, by it and, um, you know, it affects you and it affects the way that you see things and it affects the way that you, you perceive it. And you yourself, you're like, no, I'm not going to deal with it. You know, it's just in my head. Um, I'm going to get over it, whatever. But sometimes that's not the case. Like you, there's, there's more that needs to be done in order to get to that space where yeah. you feel, um, you know, healthy or, or you feel like you're able to cope with, with the day or with, with the week or whatever the case may be, Yep. you know? Um, and I think one thing to note too, is that, you know, sometimes therapy is a route. Sometimes, you know, these coping mechanisms, whatever, whatever works with some, for someone, but also, you know, not to deter away from medication because sometimes medication is needed. You know, like yep. I mentioned those chemical imbalances, you know, those, those things that, need to be um you know altered by by um by taking a pill or whatnot you know mm -hmm. um and of course this is under the discretion of seeing a a, a psychiatrist you know what i mean and all those things exactly um, we're not seeking, doctors, guys don't don't, yeah, don't seeking, trust our... <laughs> seeking first seeking first you know i think weighing out all the options because that's something that i did you know that's something that i decided to do during my mental health journey is to to weigh out my options what can i do can i i can see a therapist i can go to group therapy i can you know um see a psychiatrist to to um prescribe me something you know and I, I did it i did the therapy i did the group therapy and i was like you know what um i can't knock it until i try it you know i i um i was prescribed uh, medicine i actually went through about how many different types of um medication i think i want to say about four and so i found the one that works for me yeah you know and i think that's process. that's also that's also very important to note is that it is a process. These things is there. It's a process. It's a, it's a learning process. And also how open you are to things. If you're not open to it, that's fine. You know, it's perfectly fine. You know, if you, you find what works for you, you know? And I think for me is that I, I wanted to feel better. I wanted to, to, to be mentally, um, you know, capable of being able to live day to day without feeling like I need to curl up in a ball where I feel like there's a cloud over me, you know? Mm -hmm. So of course I wanted to seek those options out. And like I said, I, I went through like about four different medications until I found the right one because that you, no one knows your body. Like, you know, your body, no one knows what you're feeling. Like, you know what you're feeling. So it's like, you have to be able to to read yourself in order for you to to be able to to kind of um, progress in that process. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent, and I think um, 
it's really important that you kind of understanding and learning that mental health is an integrated approach. It's an integrated process, um, meaning that there's going to be an inter intertwined way of, you know, improving yourself, right? There's medicine, there is therapy, there's group therapy, um, you know, for people that struggle with like substance abuse, there's detox and things like that. So there is a lot <clears throat> of integrated processes. Um, and it's in a, you have to look at it from an integrative approach, right? Because not one just singular thing um, is going to make things better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe it will for you, right? Um, but sometimes there are those things that are going to just give you a little bit more strength, right? Or a little bit more attention or a little bit more, you know, make things a little bit easy for you, make things not so uneasy, your feelings like subside a little bit so that you're able to process things through therapy and you're able to work mm-hmm. through so it's really really important to be able to understand that dynamic and i like that we touched on how how whore builds off of that um mm-hmm. because it's it's important that you know like you mentioned people during that time of when these original films like if you think of like all the original killers right there was some kind of underlying trauma, um, underlying mental health issue, right? Um, I think it's interesting. You think of, like, Freddie, right? He he was a killer during that time. Um, Jason had that issue. You know, Ghostface had that problem. In his, and it's just, like, there's a consistent dynamic where people who are struggling during that time and were not receiving the help um, appropriately, ultimately were perceived in these ways, right? And they killed people and they hurt people, but um, ultimately were they given that support, right? Um, Most of these, these people that were hurting were, you know, in at least I would say the ages of like at least high school and older so they're they're in those prime ages where it's like you could have provided them with that support so to me it's it's really interesting how closely you know horror works with mental health right yeah and that's kind of like the purpose of this podcast is really to Mm -hmm. like bring that bring to light a lot of that information yeah i I agree. Like I mentioned, you know, it's definitely intertwined, um, the psychology of, of it all. Um, as a fanatic, you have to be able to see those parallels. You have to be able to see, yeah. you know, um, the underlying messages um, behind it. And of course, you know, some people love it just for the gore, um, you know, for for the action. But I mean, even that in itself, liking it just for the gore, like, there's some psychology behind that. You know, there's a reason for that, you know. Um, and of course, sometimes it, it doesn't need to be read into, you know, sometimes it's just something that you, you know, I don't know, brings you for some reason peace or whatever. Um, but I think ultimately, like, it's just, it's just good to see that now it isn't seen like how it is back then. You know, I feel like if that, that film, uh, Dream Warriors was, um, you know, filmed today, it would be in a different light. You know, of course, I've, um, Freddie would still do what he needs to do. He was still, you know, um, 
kill who he needs who he needs to kill. Uh, but it would definitely be you know in a different setting or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, and I just I I don't know I I love that about about the film and um, you know like I'm I'm such a big Wes Craven fan and I think him you know like I said bringing this 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 film to light um, he's a genius um, you know because in a way like it's it's merging both worlds of of psychology and and horror and you know mm-hmm. the science behind it and you know these nightmares that you have. Um, kind of representative of the demons that you're fighting the the trauma the unpacked trauma that's there um you know that's coming back to haunt you and and things of that nature yeah a hundred percent coming back to haunt you i don't think i could explain that or like connect that <laughs> any better like there is such a an interesting dynamic in horror where when you die when you get killed, there is always some shady underlying shit that you did that you get held accountable for every single mm-hmm. time. Every single time. Like, every movie, Scream, Halloween, whatever the case may be, if you get killed, there was some shady underlying stuff that you were doing, <laughs> and you were cheating on your wife, you were cheating on yeah. your girlfriend, you stole from somebody, you were scheming something. Like, there's always an underlying connection um and yeah i think that's really what um a lot of times when it comes to horror specifically um and like nightmare on elm street and things like that i really enjoyed um especially the early films and how they depict that right Mm -hmm. and the way that those uh kills oftentimes sometimes connect um i mean i think anybody i think nightmare on elm street did a really good job at depicting, um, how do I say it? Like that sexually interesting, like, exploration of sexuality, I guess I could mm-hmm. say, um, during that time, right? Um, kind of like the promiscuous type people. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you see that in the characters very well. Um, and you kind of have nancy who's like not that she's like this goody girl she doesn't do that that's true she's not like tina who's wild as fuck but yeah um, her dad's a cop yeah exactly like she's like "Uh uh-uh i don't be doing that her other friends be getting it on and getting crazy but um i think that that goes hand in hand like i don't think you could have a horror film without some kind of sexual nature it yeah some way shape or form it's it gets integrated in that and um the nightmare on elm street does that a a lot um and i think even in unfortunately even in later movies like um what was the most recent one that was terrible what was that Uh, that was the 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 reboot the reboot that was or the remake yeah rough i i kind of want to touch on that for a little bit yeah because i'm I'm a little concerned on what the (laughs) fuck that was yeah i think the like the idea was there it's just the execution was horrible i think like you know we we um 
we have this story. We have this base story of this man that is um, being, um, you know, chased by the by the parents, um, you know, and he gets burned alive for that, you know, and and mm-hmm. and for what he did or, or X, Y, and Z. And then you have this new reborn where it's like this um, this preschool teacher. I mean, this preschool janitor or something like that. I don't. If, if this is what I remember from the film, I haven't watched it in forever um, uh-huh. because I'm, I'm I wasn't a big fan of it. Um, you know, the basis is of a preschool um, janitor or whatever, and you know, of course, you know it it, it involves um, um, kids and you know essay and things of that nature, and you know, it's just like. I don't know. It, it was just a lot, you know, and I think the the nature of it, it, it went from being um, this horror, this horror film that included a character that, you know, was like I mentioned, you know, it's kind of something out of a, out of a fantasy book or, or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's also, there's this, this, this light to him because, you know, he, he makes jokes he he you know it's it's funny here and there you know there's there's some there's some comedic things in there but then we have this film that's like super serious it's like super yeah. you know um way off the fence and i don't know i i didn't enjoy it i honestly didn't i don't think the the kills were anything that were yeah it, um, it, i honestly like it was just really hard to like get behind the film mm-hmm. um because I don't know, like the remakes are either good or they're not, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say most of the time they aren't, but most of the time they aren't. Right. Um, and I think with this film, it was a little bit too much that they tried to really give um a deeper connection to like the yeah the the, the core story of where Freddy comes from, mm-hmm. uh, but. I don't know. I really don't understand where the entire, like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was something that they, you know, they thought it was going to do well. Um, but I think that like the whole kills and everything that comes like, I don't know. It's really, it's it's really just not done well. Yeah. Um, the kills were all right. I guess you could yeah. say. I mean they did try to if I'm not mistaken, they did try to recreate the 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 um the scene of her getting splattered all over the wall and things of that nature. Am I mistaken or was Kellen um what's his name? Kellen Lutz, was he in the movie? I think he was. I think he was a boyfriend if I'm not mistaken. Who, Kel the blonde guy? Yeah. Let me see. Sorry, I have to search it up really quick. I think he was. I think he was one of the boyfriends, no? Yeah. Let me see. I think. Remake. Yeah, I think that ultimately, though. Yeah, it was Kelly Lutz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even remember him because, yeah, he's. Sorry, I just have to mention he's fine as fuck. But. <laughs> You're like, I just had to let y'all know he was cute. And I remember <laughs> I'm like, that's probably like the only the only good thing about the movie that they had him in there. But honestly, um... <laughs> I feel like there was a lot of characters that I was like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, who who did they have playing Nancy? That was weird as fuck. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a good choice it was not at all a good choice it was not um yeah i don't know i really kind of just i'm not i wasn't pleased um i think um the way that the 
I think her name was Chris, right? The one when they tried to recreate the the scene. I think so. I'm not too sure. Her name was. Uh, I think her name was Chris when she was yeah, like Chris. Chris, like Chris, she gets Chris. thrown up into the wall or whatever. But I was mm-hmm. just like, the way that they did that scene, I was like, you can't do that. Like, you can't recreate the kill. Like, once Mm-mm. the kill is done, it's done. Like, you don't bring it back. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, that, I, that for sure was something that I didn't like. Um, uh, and I just hated, I hated Freddie. Like, I hated how they, the makeup, uh, it was, like it goes from obviously you know we have this 1980 film that you know the sfx is not you know it's 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 still a little you know um in the works you know developing and whatnot but you have this iconic image of what this person looks like um you know and robert england he's an amazing freddie like he's obviously there's no one can do it like him but even then like yeah no i think with his thing specifically yeah the way that it was portrayed mm-hmm. like the way that they did his whole dynamic setup um and the way that they i just would have thought they like it would be a little bit more advanced it would look a little better it looked a little cheap it did um, it, it looked way cheaper than the, the actual film i mean yeah, the actual the, the the first the first movie you know what i mean yeah and i was like trying to like understand like where that came from um, but I don't know. It it just looked rushed. It looked half done. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that it was like way overhyped. Yeah, like it, bringing it, wasn't. Back. it was just not. I don't yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't good at all. I personally didn't um enjoy it. And me being, you know, such a such a fan of 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 the movie and the franchise. You know, I was I was underwhelmed for sure, and you I'm know, sure you if were like were... excited to see it too, and then it just yeah, it was it was not good at all. Um, and of course, you know the 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 um, the first film brought the iconic lullaby, you know, one two, Freddy's coming for you, all these things, and you know this one just gave that nothing. That scared it, the it, fuck it, out of me. I'm not even gonna lie. Did. No, it, it did. It like scared it. the fuck out of me. Like literally, I remember being I think in elementary school and I don't remember where I was but we were playing like um I don't remember playing hide and seek or what we were playing um but someone started singing that we were having like a sleepover and someone was singing that and I was like get the fuck out no yeah we're not doing none of that me personally I I don't think lullabies are soothing. I think they're creepy as fuck. I think they're just like the most menacing thing. Like, ugh, I hate it. Because there's something so eerie about it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Obviously, the Freddy nursery rhyme, but just nursery rhymes in general. Like, ugh. Yeah, no. um, You're like, cringe. You can't do it. (laughs) Literally, I cannot at all. But, um, you know, like like I mentioned... The film brought something new to the horror genre. The it, it brought something different. It brought something fresh. You know, something that we've we never really saw before. And you know, I think the the dynamics of of you know psychology and um, you know these kids that are believed to thought to be crazy and they're just seeing things. And their parents don't believe them. 
you know, and it's their parent. It's their parents' fault. The trauma of the parents. They're the ones that killed the motherfucker. And now he's coming back to haunt the kids. Isn't yeah. that full circle? Isn't that so fucking full circle right there? Right. Right. He's coming back to your motherfucking kids. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Exactly. Like, if, if that's not generational trauma, I don't know what is. But that is, now that I think about it, I'm like, damn, shit, I just unpacked that right now. <laughs> And it's crazy because, like, you think about it, it's like they killed him. Why wouldn't they believe it? Like, why wouldn't they, they believe that to be true? Right? The gaslighting. And be apparent that I'm that's like, no there. pun intended. But no, they're but like the mm-hmm. gaslighting that came that, from the parents. I don't know what you're talking about. That's, that's not, not here, not here nor there. Yeah, I'm like the gaslighting that came from the parents. They didn't believe the children. Like, you did the shit. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think it's just so telling. It, it, it's very telling. And like I said, Wes Cribbent is a genius for that. He is iconic. I just, I don't know what I would do without him. He has made the horror genre what it is um, with the amount of films that he's put in. So rest in peace to him. But yeah, I don't think he would have. I don't think he would have sat pretty with the new, the new Nightmare. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. Um, what is this garbage? What is this 99 cent store Freddy Krueger? <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, honestly, I have hope that there is another remake. I feel like people will, um, you know, given the right director and the right writer, um, you know, they will, um, they'll make Wes Craven proud. I, I can only hope. That's what but, I'm saying. You know what I mean? I, I definitely see it in the future and, you know, I would hope for it to, to be, um, you know, another franchise of films that come out, um, yeah. you know, with with seven films or whatnot. And it's it, it just has longevity. I don't know if, if the new generation, I don't know if, like, Gen Alpha knows about um, Freddy Krueger. You know what I mean? I'm not too in touch with, with, with um, you know, younger people or whatever. But, you know, just to, to, to relive, I just feel like there hasn't been anything in the horror genre that has... Has this longevity that hasn't that hasn't had the longevity of of Freddy Krueger of these iconic characters, you know? Um, and I think, um, giving a refresher or or something, or even just developing a character from, um, you know, picking up bits and pieces from from these iconic characters, I think that in itself too will, will kind of skyrocket. But but who knows? Who knows? Who knows what's in the work? Yeah, I don't. I I agree. The horror that has it's been lacking lately. Um, so I really hope that they pick it up because they're gonna start to lose people. And I don't know. I I mean, my ass be go, still going to see the movie, and then I see it, and I'm like, oh, that was stupid. But yeah. um, I don't know. I really hope so. I hope so. They've they've remade a lot of franchises like Scream, Halloween. So I do I I do hope that they they redo something in that sense. Um, <clears throat> I feel like they took a step back because of how bad the 2010 one was. Um, yeah. so hopefully something picks it up, you know, maybe Blumhouse will pick up and do some kind of, you know, revamping because I don't know, we need it. We need, we need some more Freddy Krueger in my life, you know? And I, and I don't want, I don't want them to make it a series either. Like they fucking did with the Chucky one. Like I don't want a yeah. series. I want a good ass fucking movie well, with some good you know... content. There, there's an actual um, Freddy's Nightmares. It was a TV series. There was, yeah, there was a series, and I used to watch it. Um, I think back then, I'm not sure if it was. I think the the network was Chiller or 
Well, that's where I used to watch it. Um, it was a horror oh, network. Was that? I don't recall that. That's wild. But there, it was it was reruns. But the 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 series in itself came out in the in the eighties and you know early nineties. Oh, um, okay. and it was just it was like recent. No, no, no. It was just it was just um, you know episodes where Freddie would come up and kill someone or whatever the case may be. Um, but I wouldn't be mad at a series as long as it's done well. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Um, I definitely. I like series, like I said, if they're done, like you mentioned, if they're done well. Um, I don't know. I just, I didn't, maybe it's because I didn't like the Chucky one, so I'm a little biased. Just a little bit of bias, because I didn't really care for that series, but. Yeah. Oh, I cannot. I cannot. Uh, Freddy Krueger. Like, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> that's a whole different podcast that we'll save for yeah. later. Oh <laughs> uh, my gosh. But what, what a time talking about Mr. Freddy motherfucking Krueger. Yeah. It has and been. mental health. And mental health, because we all know y'all need it. Yes. We definitely. all know you need a little positivity, a little talk, a little something. Right, right, but this right, right. Great. This was a great time talking about it. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. It's been a great opportunity, kind of diving in, hearing a little bit more um, of your side about your favorite franchise, which is you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it was great. I think one thing to add to is I, I think out of all the the franchises, it just carried so long in so many different ways. And I don't think people expected that even after the first one because it yeah. did so well, right? And then it just kind of kept carrying. Um, and it had its ups and downs with good films, not good films. Mm-hmm. Um but I think it was one of the best in terms of like carrying itself across the franchise and not losing too much or losing too much of the original concepts of the film. Right. Yes, I agree. Totally 100%. Right. Well, Ray, thank you so much. I appreciate you being on the pod. Really of means course, a lot of to course. me. It means you so thank much. Uh, yeah. For the followers out there, for everyone listening, where can they find you all over this social media? Oh, I'm like, I'm going to put myself out there like that. Um, no, my, my Instagram handle is um, at Raymond Santos underscore underscore. If you want to talk horror, if you want to talk mental health, if you just want to talk, I don't know. <laughs> my, you, they can reach me there. You know what I mean? Um <laughs> There's like no shame in no one's game. <laughs> right. If you want to talk horror, you want to talk mental health, just want to hit up my boy, whatever the case may be. <laughs> the handle's there. We'll drop it in yes. the description. Like I said, Ray, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank Until you, Until next time when we talk more. Um, yes. All right, guys. Talk all right. to you later. Truces. Truces. Peace Truces. Out.